2: Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. I'm Aaron Flanagan, joining me this week uh, once again is Matt Lawless. Matty, how are you doing?
3: I'm very well, very well. Yeah, in fact, even better than ever before because West Ham are finally off the mark. You've finally had a I tell you, What a performance as well. Brilliant. Really, yeah, really good. That's what we've expected all along and here comes the title push. Yeah, no, I wouldn't
2: go that far. <laughs> uh, we'll talk a little bit more about West Ham uh, as we go along. James Whalen is here as well. James, how are you doing?
4: Very well, thanks.
2: Good stuff. Um, we're going to start, obviously, uh, Premier League a little later in this podcast. We're going to look ahead to uh, the Champions League, which is obviously coming ahead in the uh, in the week. Uh, some big games coming up as well. Liverpool, PSG, I and mean, I'm looking forward to that one. Delta. Um But yeah, um, on to the... We'll start with the Premier League, and we'll, we'll start with Liverpool, and seeing as they, they started the Premier League weekend, uh, they beat Tottenham. Uh, five from five, I
4: mean, it's looking ominous now. Are they looking like serious, serious contenders? Certainly are, and uh, you know... Th- Obviously came out with a 2-1 win at Wembley, but if anyone watched the game on balance, Liverpool you know, could have easily had four to five goals. Uh, I think 2-1 probably flattered Tottenham a bit, even though you know they will feel that they could have got something out of the game, given that they should have probably had a penalty in stoppage time. Uh, but yeah, Liverpool just, just continue on their merry way, don't they? I think there's not really anyone that's looked like stopping them yet. Uh, and until they come up against Manchester City or Chelsea, to be fair, who've also had a good start, then that might carry on being the case.
2: Yeah, so Liverpool against Chelsea's in a, in a couple of weeks, I think, isn't yeah. it? It's, uh, it's quite close. To that. I mean, that's that's interesting. Um, the thing with uh, Liverpool's win, I think what Tottenham will really impress me, is that Tottenham are the team that I look at and I go, these are the ones that are going to beat these title contenders. Yet yeah,
3: Liverpool just absolutely swept the floor with them. It was... It, w- it was comfortable, really, wasn't it? Funny, Tottenham aren't they? Because they've had a real sort of uh, topsy-turvy fortnight, where you know they've come from beating Manchester United, and then they lose to Watford. International break, and then they just never looked like they were, were going to trouble Liverpool at all in that match. And um, Liverpool very much in control. And what Liverpool did, they targeted the uh, set pieces in particular. They knew that they could get some success from that, Um, as you saw the first goal, the crowd of the keeper. And um, Tottenham have got some issues to sort of deal with, really. Even we're talking about in September that Harry Kane could be jaded. Now, I don't believe that whatsoever. Um, But what it does expose is that Spurs didn't buy any players in the transfer market, and they haven't really got a plan B without Harry Kane. And they do need to look in January at investing in that squad.
2: Yeah, uh, saying so obviously no signings. I mean, Lucas Moura coming, uh obviously, and he, he's like a new signing. Um, I mean, I know he's only coming because Son was away with uh, uh, South Korea on the international duty. But um, yeah, he he felt like a new signing because obviously you didn't really see him last season. But uh, yeah, worrying times ahead ahead uh, for Spurs. Well, I won't
3: say I won't panic too much, but what I would say is that this is really for the top four teams and the top six clubs who are going into Europe this week. This is where the season really starts now. Alright, so Chelsea and Liverpool have had a fantastic head start, but how do their squads cope with the extra pressure and the extra games that are coming their way? Now, Tottenham could have been off to an even better start, they should have been, they are still, let's not forget they've had a very good start, they've won four games. Uh, sorry, they've won. Yeah, they've won four yeah. games, and they've, they've they've lost two. It's not a bad return, but really, if you're going to be pushing for the title, you can only concede five or six games in a season, probably at most. Yeah. So now it's you kind of you're looking at right. Well, we've used a the life there. What well, really they they've, they don't they can't really be losing the games at home, and that was the yeah. thing against Liverpool. They smashed them last season, and you think. Right, could we have just got a point at least. Yeah. Um, you
2: started that segment with saying, I don't think it's time to panic. Um I think the way the top four works now, how competitive it is, I think it's time for, you know, a team but, to stop panicking. they've lost two at this stage, for example, like Arsenal have lost two and I, I already think they're they're out of top four running. I well, mean yeah, I, I know you, that's maybe we you achieved, say that, but, but look
3: at the top four in a minute. You've got Chelsea at top, Liverpool second, Man City third, all right. So yeah. those are three teams you probably expect to be in there. Fourth place in a minute is Watford. They're not going to be up there. Yeah, but, uh, I mean,
2: Manchester United uh, are still in around, there. And I feel like after watching Manchester United this weekend... They've already lost two
3: as well, though. They've lost two. Arsenal lost two. What it says, probably, looking at early on, is that, really, there's probably only one place up for grabs in that top four this year. Yeah. So that's where it comes to, like, teams yeah. like Tottenham are, are, are vying with yeah. Arsenal and Man United, yeah. probably, the, for that last yeah. place.
2: This is where I believe they say Tottenham maybe should start panicking because where they've previously had the better of teams like Liverpool they were uh, I mean Liverpool are a class above this weekend and I think Tottenham have maybe lost a little bit of the cutting edge which they maybe previously had they even showed a few weeks ago at Manchester United I just didn't feel
3: like uh, That could come back quite quickly though I mean we're talking about where West Ham two weeks ago looked like they've never played football before yesterday against Everton they looked like fantastic team popping the ball around all over the park so that's why I'd say for, for me look I wouldn't worry too much about Tottenham but if they really want to be top four contenders they can't be frying away games particularly against the big four team that's where you need to pick up the points to really establish yourself
4: and Kane is obviously pivotal to them you know as Matty touched on they don't have too much of a plan D in, in forward areas when he's not firing but he is a, he's something of a perennial slow starter isn't he I know he finally broke the August thing this year, yeah. but he's still not at his best. And Spurs had a slow start last season as well and, and, and still managed to come back. The other thing I'd mention with Tottenham is they didn't have Larice and they didn't have Ali either on the weekend. Yeah. These these are players that are gonna come back. Um I still think Tottenham will certainly be in the in the top four running. I I I fancy them to get in, I think.
2: Also in the uh, top four running, uh, as you've alluded to, Chelsea, uh, they've made an immaculate start to the season, 5-5, from Maurizio Sarri, um, I mean, I think
3: if he wins one more game, he's made the joint best start of any Premier League manager ever. And yet they still seem to be going under the radar, no one's really sort of singing and dancing about Chelsea at the moment, which is quite phenomenal really, and when they made that change from Conte, I felt that Conte was desperately unlucky to lose his job. He'd won the Premier League in his first season, won the FA Cup in his second season, and you know he he was a winner. However, he'd lost the dressing room. What Sarri seems to have done is really unite that dressing room. There still seems to be a few problems at the back for Chelsea. And I don't feel like they've been really challenged by anyone. Of, okay, they played Arsenal and that was a tight game. It was 3-2 to them. But other than that, they've had a pretty decent start to the season. I think there's some tougher tests to come for them. And it will be interesting to see how that Sunday—sorry, uh, that Thursday-Sunday dynamic works for them now that they're going into the Europa League.
2: Yeah, um, you mentioned the problems at the back. Um, I, I think this is just a thing with a Sarri team, obviously. His Napoli team did always lead goals. They were always the most entertaining team to watch because yeah. the games were finishing 5-3, 4-2, Every week, that, you, you don't know, mind really that if you win,
3: though do you? You take that, wouldn't you? Four, four, 5 yeah, you know? four, three, I, five, four.
2: I'm pretty sure if you offered that to Manchester United fans, now we obviously have been watching uh, a brand of football in the Jose Mourinho that isn't the most entertaining. It's effective, but it's yeah. not the most entertaining. They'd probably take the five-two victories and things like that as of opposed. Would, yeah, as, as opposed to that. But uh, so, James, you're
4: well impressed with with Chelsea yeah, so far, certainly. I think obviously, Matty touched on Conte there, and I, you know, obviously, if you look at the the sheer facts he was probably unlucky to lose his job but something wasn't right there the whole of last season yeah. I think it touched on the you know the, the players had, had sort of gone against him Um I think massive to keep heading Hazard over the summer the fact they didn't get in the top four I think I actually expected him to leave but Abramovich obviously just dug his heels in and said under no circumstances they were selling him uh, Hazard's head seems to be in a better place now under Sarri than than certainly it was under Conte um, he's got a manager that loves him. I think in in his post match uh, this weekend, he said that he was the best player in Europe. Yeah, which you know yeah. is, is is an incredible um an incredible claim, and you know one that when you actually I actually sat down and thought about that and the, the players that that you know European footballers, it's difficult to disagree. I think on, on form, you know, obviously you have got Messi and Neymar, the two South Americans, and and Suarez as well. But you think. You know, you think for the European football, such as Cristiano Ronaldo only just got his first goals of the season this weekend. And, you know, Hazard, yeah, it was Cardiff, but, you know, he completely destroyed them. They're still a Premier League team and and he took them to the cleaners basically on his own. Yeah,
3: Yeah. and the thing with Hazard, he he seems to me to be genuinely quite happy and settled to be at Chelsea. He loves playing for Chelsea Football Club and what I I think perhaps has gone on is, look, stay with us this season, see how it goes under the new manager, judge us, at the end of the season, I think that Chelsea will have a successful season. If they don't, then, you know, it's, it's almost certain that Eden Hazard will leave the club. But for now, you can't really have many complaints, and he's the man who's, who's the star.
2: Yeah, you've got to remember, he's got all his, his family obviously, his, his two brothers, Killian and Thorgan, are both registered with Chelsea, they're earning money with Chelsea, he's got his whole family there, um, his dad's made comments in the past about how happy you know, he is about the family in London, yeah. it's just, it's, it just seems really, really settled for him and, and at the end of the day, if you have an Eden Hazard that's happy, you're going to be a
3: title contender. Um, As a neutral, it's a joy to see a player like that in the Premier League because you know, we have got some amazing players in England but someone like Hazard, I agree with James, that he probably is one of the best players in Europe. Yeah. So in fact um, he is. Yeah.
2: Well, so it's going to be interesting what happens with going forward with obviously Ballon d'Or voting and yeah. obviously I know that the, the FIFA the best thing has already been nominated for this year. Um be interesting to see if he can do it over a calendar year going forward and put himself in contention for one of them awards because I think he has always
4: just been a little step back from uh say obviously Ronaldo and Messi and stuff. Um just quickly process- it'll be interesting what they do with the with the squads on a Thursday night how, yeah. how many changes they make. I think I think that squad is actually big enough to Profit rotate so. quite a lot, and I think they don't need their first team to get through the group. They could, no, they get through the group with a second string, and then use the big guns. Because you've still got stage. strong players
3: like Ruben Loftus Cheeks. Great competition for him the Europa League. he will look to like obviously um, stake a claim for a first team place, um, which is worrying for me because obviously West Ham play Chelsea on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, the early kick off, and I think that a few players will be rested, but. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens. Really, yeah, absolutely. Um, elsewhere, just quickly,
2: we'll rattle through the the rest of their, Say that the top, I oh, say, big six. Uh, Manchester City cruise past Fulham three
3: nil. Well, no, Pep wasn't happy. Apparently, he uh, yeah. hauled him in for extra training, according to some reports. They had twenty eight shots on target, but only scored three goals.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. But they got get three points, so you know. I, I mean, I, I spoke to one of our friends who was who was at the Etihad, and he said City were just while they weren't thrilling and entertaining. They were just so much better than Fulham, and you expect that. How, but how can that warrant extra training? I, 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 I can't. I honestly can't get. Yeah, my head shooting around.
3: practice, maybe. Like, like you know, if you're going to have 28 shots, you've got to convert. Perhaps more than three. That's that might I be Pep's think thinking. He's, on he's on a but, perfectionist, and that's why he yeah, exactly. has you know. It's just. A, yeah. I think it's almost like look. It's an early look. I'm going to lay down a marker here, and okay, let's not get complacent with one, but we're still not invincible because we dropped points at Wolves, yeah. and we still need to be better than what we are producing at the moment that would probably be Pep Guardiola's message to his squad could
2: cancelling a day off though on a champions league week prove like disastrous for city because obviously not, they night, i know they've got a big squad and they're able to rotate and it's it, um, i mean with the greatest respect to leon they they they're not you know a top top european opponent they're still a good opponent but like city's day off they surely they need that day of rest when they they've got a busy midweek Heading into obviously another Premier League weekend next weekend, is it is he maybe taking things a little too far there, Guardiola? Is he is he pushing him slightly
4: too hard? He's not daft, is he? Let's be honest. You know, I, I doubt he's had him in doing hill sprints. Yeah. You know, it's like Mike said. I think it's more of a psychological thing. You know, we could have been better yesterday just because we've won 3-0. zero. Don't yeah. be falling in love with yourselves. Yeah, that kind of thing. I, you know, if City get beat by Leon midweek, then. I'll listen to that point. but until yeah, that, I
3: agree. And I think actually Cardiff on Saturday will probably be a tougher game than Leon at home on Wednesday night. Yeah. I think Cardiff away, this is where another newly promoted side will be well up for this one. And Cardiff, okay, they lost 4-1 to Chelsea. don't think it was really one of those 4-1 games. It just it was in the end, the cutting edge. Chelsea had that, didn't they? But, and they probably had a bit more fitness than Cardiff. But I think at home it would be a different proposition and it would be more of a difficult test City there on Saturday
2: yeah definitely uh, Neil Warnock team's always very hard to beat uh, Manchester United uh, played the late kickoff on Saturday uh, against Watford um, 2-0 at half-time ended up winning 2-1 I mean this is the United that we expect really well, it's what we are not really seen
3: they've gone away for a moment. They've, they've done what they needed to do and not nothing spectacular, that's for certain. But nobody else has been in uh, Watford this season, so on on the on paper, it's, it's a great result, isn't it? And uh, that's what they needed. They needed to get back to basics and to get grind out those wins, as they did against Burnley. We spoke about it last week. They've done what they need to do. That that's what Manchester United in that position. Look, let's not let's not. Uh, sort of walk before we can crawl. Let's just get those results, grind them out, and um, you've got to give Mourinho some credit for that.
2: Yeah, what it feels like to me, personally with Manchester United at the moment, on the back of obviously all of Mourinho's moans and stuff and all the palaver that happened you know, a few weeks ago, what I now feel with United is momentum. And momentum is a dangerous thing in football when you're the opposition. If, you, if you're playing a team with a momentum there's something going right for them and I just feel like something's clicked with United since they had that game I'm against sure, Brighton I'm sure United would like to hope
3: so but the trouble is with United what we've seen last season is they will have those blips so they get a bit of momentum but it doesn't last for long and yeah. um, that would be the worry for them going into Champions League week back into Premier League can they co- cope with the extra demand in football Yeah, uh, interesting story as well about uh, Eric Bay uh, obviously that's come out on, on Monday
2: saying that he is prepared to quit United in January, you know, obviously, if probably if he isn't given the assurances that of playing time, Arsenal and Tottenham apparently also uh, interested in his signature, you know, could pounce. Um, little, 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 still doubts there at, at the back for, for Manchester United. And but by I think a lot of people would have said he's their
4: best defender. Yeah, he, he has not covered himself in glory this season, though, has he? He had, he had a really ropey start. I think he was at fault for a couple of the goals against Brighton. Um, yeah, look, obviously, there, there's still little problems there, but. You know, I think the Burnley game actually before the international break was really important for United because, you know, there was a lot of pressure on Mourinho going into that game. And they were good. You know, they, they got the result. Lukaku was brilliant in that game and, and I think he carried that on actually on the side. He led the line really well. The thing is with Lukaku you know he's gonna miss chances, just the player he is, but when he when he leads the line with as much power and as much assurance as he did on the weekend, um, the chances are he will stick one away, and he has done for the last two games now. Yeah. So and and also um, just just really yeah, impressive from set pieces. I thought the, the second goal obviously came from Fellaini winning the knockdown down and in hooking it home. And I think Mourinho knows that that's probably one of United's biggest strengths.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, there won't be many United fans who probably thank me, thank me for this, but uh, Fellaini, I thought, was brilliant. Uh, against Watford, and
4: uh, yeah, 100. Yeah, and you know, he's not a bad footballer, is he? I don't, I don't yeah. think anyone. You know, he's he's handy. He's he's been very important for United in a lot of games, and it was just another example, mostly off the bench. But you know, he got his start on the weekend and, and proved his proved his worth.
3: And you can you know. see why Jose was desperate to keep hold of him. Um, you know, and other clubs are after him too, were not they? You know, when he surprised everyone. With Arsenal were, were yeah. Yeah, reportedly interested in taking him on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, What? You, you must be joking. But he's proven over the last couple of weeks how important he is to United. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the last team
2: in the top six that we haven't mentioned so far is Arsenal, uh, away to Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle are struggling.
3: They time. are, they're a poor team at um, the minute. But, but again, if you're an Arsenal fan, you'd be delighted with that result.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, the the, the goal they conceded, obviously, the 1 2 1 only came right at the end. Arsenal yeah. comfortable right Yeah, well, I
4: mean, the, the first half was pretty close, I think, pretty close fair, but um Arsenal came out really well Start the second half, two goals in ten minutes, great strike from Jacca, who's always had a lot of criticism. But you know the um, And Ozil he, as well, and, he, yeah, to, and the two yeah, players. Yeah, then, yeah definitely. Know? And and Xhaka pulled rank on that free kick as well. There's some quotes from him saying that you know, he, he said to Ozil I want it, and Ozil was like, There you go then. Stick but it in the top corner. We were talking about Xhaka last
3: week, weren't we? Because he looked really good against England for yeah. Switzerland. Yeah and he just needed perhaps perhaps he's a confidence player yeah. he's been one of him and Ozil always seem to be the full guys don't they it's always like it's always their problem if, or their fault if if Arsenal uh, muck up but actually you've got two decent players there uh, perhaps having Torreira in the
2: team next to him because Torreira for me was really impressive you've got Torreira who is, is a workhorse he's going to yeah. work his backside off and he's technically good Xhaka isn't that he, he's never going to be the one who plugs in gives 110%. he's not as disciplined is he yeah yeah um, maybe having Torreira next to him means that
3: you can get the best out of, out, out of Xhaka yeah quite possibly and I think um, that was a great dynamic for Arsenal it worked well and I think I honestly believe there's a lot more to come from that Arsenal team I really do yeah I mean personally I've still got my doubts on them defensively um, yeah
4: I, I think it's quite it's, it's a longer project with them isn't it I, I I don't expect them to get in the top four this season but they've got a good manager there now and someone who can you know obviously build a a culture at the club that was sorely lacking in the last few years under Arsene Wenger. So I think Arsenal fans just need to be patient and I think it will come good for they them do. in
3: the I think, few years. I think you're right and I think they'll, they'll want to see some progression, but I think if they can nick a bit of silverware this season, they'll be absolutely delighted and that will be the best way to sort of move on post-Wenger. If they don't and they finish sort of fifth, sixth, then it will be a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, so as
2: you say, a uh, long-term project with them. Uh, just before we move on from the Premier League and go to the Champions League, Matty, it'd be rude not to mention West uh, Ham. It would be, West wouldn't Ham. it? Because that's the
3: reason I've come on today, <laughs> just to sort of
2: gloat out uh, the light
3: Look, it was a great performance from West Ham. I think it was a good time to play Everton. Everton are a team, for me, they were well off the pace yesterday, and you could tell that they had a few players were, were probably rushed back too soon. Matrissa um, gave one of them. Wasn't I think he had a few injury problems. Jordan Pickford, I mean, he amazed me how poor he was because he absolutely put that second goal on a plate for West Ham. And um, but yeah, look, credit to West Ham. They, they, like I said, they popped the ball around really nicely. Good bit of pace and intensity about them. Um, And it was just one of those games that everything came together. Yarmolenko and Arnautovic seemed to strike up a really good partnership. And Yarmolenko, he's a big old boy, isn't he? He's he's for for an attacking uh, winger. He's very tall, very physical. And um, he was excellent. Really good performance. And Mark Arnautovic, honestly, if you'd have been playing for Everton yesterday, they would have won. Yeah. He's, he's for me probably one of the best players in the Premier League, and that's without any bias whatsoever. You look at the stats in this calendar year; he's be, he's created, um, I think, the second amount most. Go- he's sort of been involved in eighteen goals, mm-hmm. and that's second behind um, Harry Kane who's got 26, I think, to his name. So statistically, Arnatovich is one of the most thrilling players in the Premier League, So West Ham did well. They made the right changes as well. I talked about this uh, last week. Tactically, they had to change it up. They did. They didn't quite go to the uh, 5-4-1 as I I kind of wanted them to. But the 4-3-3 did work because it brought in a bit of um, stability in midfield. Declan Rice was absolutely outstanding. And I think Steve Holland was in the stands watching for England. And it wouldn't surprise me if they do have a look at him at some stage because he, he was really good, very disciplined. Mark Noble was back. He gave a good bit of leadership. And um, look, I could carry on talking all day about that win, but um yeah, very we can, pleased. We, we, we can tell you're happy, don't we? Uh, <laughs> but no, look, very tough game coming up for West Ham now against Chelsea. Yeah. And don't forget they beat Chelsea last season at the London Stadium. So I think West Ham fans will be feeling a lot more confident and I think the team will be as well. The, that was a really important result.
2: No, oh, it's good because obviously West Ham could were very easily threatening on going probably like seven games without a win. Because obviously if you don't beat Everton, you then have might. Chelsea, and I think I think is it Liverpool after that, or or United. is it United? It's, United. It's, yeah, it's, it's another. It's a tough. It is a game. tough
3: run. Um, but generally speaking, West Ham do play better against. The bigger team so to speak yeah. I do think looking at that bottom three at the minute I think it's Cardiff Huddersfield and Newcastle I think there are three teams there who are going to struggle this season yeah. but one team I tell you I haven't spoke about and I feel we should just really quickly Bournemouth
4: yeah. What a start of the what season they've had. Yeah. I mean, and then they needed it as well. After last year, they had a bad start and always playing catch up. This year, they've, they've got off to a really good start. And you, you could see them finishing top half, couldn't
3: you? Yeah, mate. They're, I mean, they've absolutely battered Leicester at the weekend. And um, Leicester are not a bad side at all. I know they lost 2 1 to Liverpool the week uh, after before the international break. But they played well. Yeah. And Bournemouth are uh, a good side. I've been really impressed with them. And, and obviously, uh, one other side that impresses me Wolves.
2: Yeah, Wolves, I say, efficient against Burnley. I think I think efficient's the right word because uh, it wasn't...
4: They were dominant. Like, Burnley never had a kick, really.
3: Joe Hart yeah. was their best player, wasn't Yeah, it? yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he he really, he really was. And um, what I love about Wolves, I love the way they they play a beautiful Diag. They really look for that Diag pass across the field. It's so well drilled. Starts at the back. They like to play from the back. And then across the middle, they're organised. They ping it across the park. And they cut in and they do the business. So... Yeah, Wolves for me, they'll be a top ten side. Yeah, Um, it's it's really
2: interesting going to be this relegation battle because I'm looking around at a few other teams. Obviously, Crystal Palace got a win uh, at the weekend. Leicester, I know, got battered by Bournemouth, but Leicester, I don't think, will be in the relegation battle. Um, it's it's going to be fascinating. Burnley Ber- think- are
4: the big surprise, aren't they? Like it, it, out of the strugglers, you know. Even though they've had obviously had the European run and things like that, that's gone now. They need yeah. to get over it because if, if they, I think they will. I think yeah, they will. I think they will. But if they don't start picking up results, they'll get sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so the conceding
2: goals, which they they haven't had before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that will do us for the Premier League. Uh, we'll be back in about thirty seconds time, and we'll be previewing the Champions League. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, moving on now, as I say, to the Champions League. Uh, with some some really really thrilling fixtures, I've got to say, for for an opening weekday. Incredible. Um, this is good. I've got to say, the Champions League draw this year <laughs> threw up some great groups. I, I thought the group stages were quite flat for the last couple of years. This look has got, like i say,
3: it's got all the potential to be a really exciting group yeah, stage. Yeah, and you kickstart on Tuesday night, where it's a game that could quite easily be fitting for the final. Liverpool versus PSG at Anfield. What a prospect that is. No, I'd say, real, real uh, good. PSG going to come in their Air Jordan kits, which is a bit unusual. Um, but there'll be one man for me who's going to steal the show. It's not Neymar, it'll be Mbappe. I can't wait to see his electric pace and mm-hmm. see how Liverpool's defence handle that. But uh, I think Klopp made a point on Saturday that all right, we all rave about Mbappe and Neymar, but they have it easy in France, don't they? It's yeah. not particularly a testing yeah. league, so this will be a good challenge for them. And I, I would expect Liverpool to win this. I think mm. home advantage. They, if they don't win, yeah. it's a real disappointment for them.
2: Yeah, um, it's interesting what you say there about Mbappe. You think will steal the show? Because for me, Neymar is the player that I think will. Steal the show in the Champions League all this season. I just feel like he's got points to now. He, he should he, have. He, and he's, he's fit again, isn't he? He's gone off the boil over the past year. Had a disappointing World Cup. Had a was a little bit disappointed last. Was he season. fit for the
3: World Cup though?
2: Maybe not. But this is where I just think Neymar. If, if he's obviously we've got all these reports that he wants this move to Real Madrid and all that. If he wants it, he's got to perform. Yeah. He has to perform and justify his price tag. Justify what comes with it and. I think it's going to be his stage this year, and and what a better stage than the Champions League and a tough group. Yeah. Anfield, I tell you, he turns up and turns it on at Anfield. Then you know he's put himself right back in the in kind of the echelons of the top players in world football, where maybe he wasn't for the past season.
4: Yeah, I think PSG haven't really um, sold themselves very well in, in European competition, have they? Since the uh, influx of the capital that they've got, you know, their own is very much like. Manchester City, they want to win the Champions League. That's their be all and end all. You know, PSG are gonna win the French League you know, because they're by far and away the best team in there. Uh, but in European competition they haven't really they've flattered to deceive a little bit, I think. Um and they've been given a really tough group. Uh Napoli are in there along with Liverpool, you know, one of one of those three teams aren't gonna be in the last sixteen, which, you know, if you're drawing up sixteen clubs out of the thirty two, you'd certainly have those three in your last 16 wouldn't you so um, not an easy group and certainly definitely not easy to finish top if you don't finish top you end up with a t- tough last 16 game so I think you set, You mentioned the draw and it is very entertaining but it's not being kind to PSG
3: well both teams are unbeaten as well domestically but PSG do have this issue where who do they play in goal do they go with Buffon a bit of experience or Ario?lo's who's been particularly impressive Super, and yeah. um, so They've got a bit of a selection dilemma, probably a positive one, you could say. But um, I just feel that Liverpool are favourites for this one. Yeah,
4: I agree. I think, obviously, Liverpool sort of blazed a trail to the final last year, but I actually think they're in better shape this time to, yeah. to have an even better go at it, simply because, you know, last season there was always, you know, we know they can score goals, but they could be got at, uh, at the back and, and, in, and in goal as well. Uh, I think they've conceded two goals so far this season in five Premier League games, and one of those was an absolute cock up from, from Alisson against Leicester. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Virgil van Dyke, um, I think I wrote in copy today, if, if there's ever been a £75 million bargain, I think he's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's already in sort of four games before the international break this season. Virgil van Dyke has helped Joe Gomez to a extent where Joe Gomez displaced Kyle Walker in England's back three in a World Cup semi final. Uh, reaching team so uh, I just think Liverpool are a lot more solid at the back and that takes pressure off that front three because you know you're going to need your squad in the Champions League and behind that front three it's probably not that strong in the likes of Daniel Sturridge and Dom Solanke but because they're so strong at the back that takes the pressure off a little bit
3: even like James Milner I think he's been outstanding this season hasn't he so Liverpool got real strength and depth and I feel that this season they'll have a bit more about them in Europe because they'll believe look it wasn't a fluke last year we can do that and especially if they can get through that group it really lays down a marker to everybody else So that is a tough group
2: Right I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball with Liverpool um, I can't see them replicating last year in Europe I just feel like there's going to be the pressure on them because with the Premier League I don't feel like there is pressure They're playing without pressure the, as soon as the Champions League music plays and you pull <laughs> up against PSG as opposed to you know, obviously some of the teams that have played already this season that's just I just feel like it takes it up a notch and there's a pressure. When you've been to the final in the, in, in the last year, there is a, an expectation that you almost replicate it. You have to go on and run that far. And I just feel that while I think Liverpool will get out of that group, um, I know it's a very tough group and they, uh, they will get results against some good sides in it. I just think that there's a, there's a pressure there that makes makes me doubt what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, I think
3: first and foremost, they need to get out of that group, but you know, they could get out of that group and don't forget there are other really tough groups out there. like, so Tottenham, for for instance, yeah. uh, you know, someone's got to finish second in that group and that's Barcelona into Milan and uh, forgive me, I can't remember who yeah. else is in that group. PSV <laughs> Eindhoven. PSV Eindhoven, sorry PSV. Says the piece of paper uh, in front of me. Yeah, no, that's quite, that is correct, absolutely correct. So, you know, you've got four tough teams in that group. Look, Liverpool could go through in the group stage as winners and they might face Barcelona in second place. You know, you just don't know. So I don't think you can look too far ahead in the Champions League. For me, I think Liverpool have a really good, really good Champions League. Look, they could win it. I think of all the English teams, I'd actually fancy them. I agree. But I think for me, Barcelona's name is on the trophy for this
4: season. I do think Liverpool are a bit of a special case in the Champions League. I know it's a bit cliche, but just the history they have with the competition. Uh, You know... The 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 nights at Anfield, you saw the atmosphere that they conjured up in the games against Manchester City and Roma last year, and you know I genuinely think that does help them get over the line, and you know I think they'll thrive off the pressure you're talking about personally.
2: Fair enough. Uh, just quickly with the PSG game, there is a couple of weird little omens there. Thomas Tuchel has only once managed at Anfield before and that was with Borussia Dortmund on the Europa
3: League night where Liverpool... What a game of football. That's um, <laughs> good. It's one of my very early days working here actually and it was incredible.
2: Um, 100% the best game I've ever been
3: to It was alive. Klopp versus his... Um... I was...
2: I mean, just the, the, the noise that night. I yeah. mean, I, I walked out with once. I mean, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I walked out with once when they were singing You Never Walk Alone at the end. I was like... I mean, Anfield's a special, special place for that. Really is. Interestingly, uh, same referee uh, for oh, the okay. Liverpool PSG game as it as it was. What about the bus? We not I
3: mean, what's going to happen to the PSG bus? Are they going <laughs> to respectfully uh, <laughs> welcome it in, or do you think they'll have? God, they'll be flo- they'll be throwing flowers and, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> the the La La of the La, go that's up, the isn't it? sort of it? sense of
2: humour that you know, a, lot of, a lot of scouts yeah. have in it. So they they'll will probably be something, but. Uh, yeah, moving on from that anyway, um, from Liverpool, really looking forward to that game. Oh, just quickly, a p- prediction then. You you think Liverpool?
3: Yeah, I do actually. I think Liverpool and I think it'll be, I think they'll come out of blocks. I really do. I think it'll be one of those kind of evenings. So I'll go for
0: 3-0. Jeez.
4: Yeah, I, really?
3: I, one, I think one, quite, one, quite well,
4: comfortable. Fair. I'll say 2-0. I think, I, think I think Liverpool are a better side than PSG back to I front. Do. And I think the fact they're at Anfield will, will work in their favour. I think, I think Liverpool will win. I think PSG are
2: going to edge it, but I'm going to I'm going to say that really quietly. Like, I think <laughs> yeah. you gonna, might be right. Who knows? It's right. one of those games, isn't it? Two 2-1 two, two, two PSG. I mean, I'm definitely voting yes on my both teams to score bet on, on, <laughs> on that one. Anyway, um, but a little earlier on Tuesday, uh, we get um, we, we get the treat of these early kickoffs. So are, are we? A this fan is of- right.
3: Yeah, uh, James was telling me earlier that um, obviously it's changed. It's not they're not all quarter to eight fixtures anymore. There's there's two different time slots. So five to six
2: and eight o'clock yeah so uh, I don't but, like that sorry we, oh you're not a fan no, not really because I am.
3: look I mean it's I, I just think you know did they really need to change it I suppose there are instances where in Europe don't forget it's Central European time, so yeah their kickoffs will be later
4: yeah. I think ultimately it's as with everything else in football, it's a financial thing, isn't it that yeah. the fact more games are going to be broadcast on TV worldwide obviously I know they all are here anyway, but I think worldwide it gives another time slot. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that will bring in more commercial. I think it will catch a
3: few fans out, though. I yep. think um, there'll be some Tottenham fans who won't be aware that they've got the early kickoff tomorrow. But look, if you're just finishing work, what a nice way to finish. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. Roll a couple of uh, tins and uh, watch well, the well, team. Well, this is
2: what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be leaving the office tomorrow at between probably four, half four. How oh, well, are you First know. game kicks off. All All right. We'll see about that. I intend to. Um, <laughs> um, first game kicks off at five to six. Yeah. Uh, which I mean what game is that? Intermell and Tottenham, you have already rang
3: the landlord up, haven't you? Um, up and said, right, get yeah. a couple poured for me, please. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, the beers are already in the fridge. Uh, and then follow it up with Liverpool. I mean, what a night. I mean, great. really. these early kickoffs, I'm 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 a huge fan of them. What, I've got what, what say, I will
4: say is you know, not everyone is lucky enough to work in the industry we do, and that if you're working nine five in central London, and you've got to get back to yeah, the well, home counties somewhere, you, you're going to miss the first game. Whereas if they're all quarters away, you can set, get your set up, get your iPad, yeah. get your laptop, etc.
3: But I guess I guess you're right in terms of the armchair fan. It's, yeah. it's great, isn't it? He's got that continuity of watching one game after the other. Yeah. Depends on whether you can get EastEnders off the box or something like that. If, if you're at yeah. home, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. but um, No, I suppose from that point of view, it's good because there's so many games where you really want to watch just every game really and I think this is probably the season where you do want to watch all those group games because I quite like what BT do with the um, the goals program where yeah, you can just watch good. them as they come in yeah. I guess that will probably change the format for that now But uh, yeah well yeah. I mean
2: that, that, that was for me it was, it's kind of like the NFL red zone where you yeah, can exactly. watch every, every, every play mm. anything, which is a fascinating broadcasting idea um, I mean, uh, it's a completely different discussion. But I do think it's only a matter of time before we see it in the Premier League. I hope so. I, I think, think that, Saturday I like, would be
3: perfect for that, wouldn't it? But yeah. So we'll uh, get
2: over the loophole yeah, of playing football yeah. between, you know, three and five o'clock. Yeah. But uh, it's a completely different discussion that one uh, for uh, another time. Uh, Inter Milan, Tottenham. Anyway, uh, five to six Tuesday. Uh, how do we see this one going? Inter have had. Um, I mean, I, I'm. While what, what we're talking, I'm going to clarify this, but I'm pretty sure they've had a, a, quite a difficult start to the season Though I think they've struggled when they've had a you know, quite a lot of expectation on, on, on the backs.
3: Yeah, look, I'll be honest with you, I'm not completely up to scratch with how Inter Milan have been doing this season, but I do feel that Tottenham will bounce back and I, I'm pretty confident they'll win this game.
4: Spurs could use Gareth Bale, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah, Mike that, on at the back he still playing for it. that, that <laughs> night in the San Siro a few years ago when he when he notched a hat trick. I think they lost 4-3 but uh, what a performance from him.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. just to, to clarify with Inter Milan um four games in Serie A so far, two defeats, one draw. Uh, the mm-hmm. only game they've won was against Bologna. Uh, a 3-0 win, uh Bologna struggling in the relegation zone. Yeah. Well, it's just two
4: two sides you say probably a little bit out of form then and, and you know probably a good opportunity for Tottenham to really kick start their season against a team that, you know, you mentioned that they might not be in the best of form, but they are still a genuine European giant and That's right. they play in one of the most famous arenas in world football. If you if you as a Tottenham player, as a Tottenham fan, as a Tottenham manager can't get up for this game then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's perfect game for Tottenham to uh just try and Try and get some wind in the sails. No,
2: Absolutely. Uh, score predictions for this one in Inter Milan tournament. I know we're saying we don't know loads about Inter. I mean, we maybe could have done with Jack Rathborn on this podcast. He'd be able to <laughs> rattle on about Italian football all day. Uh, but uh, what are we saying? Oh, I think two on Spurs. Two on Spurs? So one each. One each. Uh, I'll go nil-nil. I, I re- as much as I'm looking forward to this early kickoff, it might my under- my underwhelm yeah. us. Um, but uh, I hope not, anyway. Um, moving on to Wednesday very quickly before we finish uh, we'll start with Manchester United they are away at Young Boys Young Boys playing a plastic pitch 4G pitch um, this is something I believe we're going to see in the future we're going to see in the Football League soon enough
3: because there's teams in the National League who are very good who I've been be intrigued come to see how United approach that then because at Carrington they would have those facilities yeah. so I wonder if they'll train on, on on a 4G pitch to sort of prepare for it it is different I mean the ball does hold up a little bit more on it but the quality of these pitches nowadays, um, you wouldn't notice. It's not like in the eighties where Loftus Road it was pinging up in the air and you know it just seemed to bounce forever. These are good standard pitches, and I think, like you say, there'll be there'll
4: be more and more of these kind of games. I'm, it already sounds like a very convenient excuse to me. I,
3: I agree. <laughs> yeah. it's just it's you know I just. Yeah, I'm not having it. I just, I think yeah. the the pitches these days are, they're as good if not better than the grass versions. But. I I went
2: to one uh, about a year ago, which was a newly laid one, uh, one of these four G pitches at uh, Hyde United, non-league club up, up in Manchester. Um the get a hide in. Yeah, the cursing, thankfully, cousin weren't playing. Um, but um, yeah, so we had a walk on the pitch uh, as well before, and then we like said we're kicking a ball around and stuff. And I'll be honest. It was just as good as grass. You couldn't mention the difference. So then we watched the game on it. Um, They they played a league game against a local rival. And after about the first 30 seconds where you think, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's not grass. You forget about it because the balls just moved fine. They water yeah. the pitches the same as they do grass pitches. Yeah. Zipped around fine. And I'm pretty sure, obviously, young boys well, it's, it's that, it's in the not Champions not, League will do something similar. And it'll be, uh, for me, absolutely no
3: excuse. It's another similar game, in a sense, that they've had. They've had three away games. Probably a good job that they've been away from Old Trafford. And I just can't see United losing this one. I think they'll. it'll be another kind of, uh, probably a bit of a slow performance. But they'll get the job done and I can see him walking away from, from there with a victory. But in terms of these pitches, they're not alien to players anymore. They're playing these sort of pitches all the time. So, yeah.
4: yeah I do think it is some a little bit of a banana skin though because we've seen United slip up in these kinds of games before and I think the simple reason for that is for a, for a club like Young Boys of Burn to get the chance to take on the high and mighty Manchester United, arguably the biggest football club in the world. You know, these players know that this is their chance to shine, that there's going to be more people watching this football match than any match they're going to play for the rest of their career, potentially.
3: When you say young boys, how young are they? <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: he went there. <laughs> he did
3: it. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> they're not under 12s, are they? But <laughs> yeah. No, I just, honestly, all jokes aside, I just think United will be far too superior.
2: Uh, I, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if young boys maybe took an early lead, though, because obviously it's the first game in yeah. the Champions League this season. The crowd will be... Raucous
3: and tougher game for United is Wolves on Saturday. Yes,
4: yeah, yeah, certainly. certainly. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd,
2: absolutely. But yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if United uh, don't come away with a win uh, with that one. Um, interesting group that one as well. Group H: uh, Juventus and Valencia are the other two teams in there. <laughs> uh, Juventus, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to go back to Old in a few weeks. Valencia yeah. were very, very good in La Liga last season. Um, that's just, that's just a tough. Old tough isn't it? Yeah, it is, it's it's it's
4: a, I think out of all the English teams, you'd say Man City have probably got. Yeah, a favourable group. A the, walker, the, the rest of them, the rest of them, have all got tough draws. Yeah,
2: um, City, as, as we're about to move on to, uh, they do have a, a reasonable group Leon, Shakhtar, Donetsk, who they seem to play every year, every year, and um, <laughs> and, and Hoffenheim. Um, it's about time City got on an easy group. I've got to say, they've been stuck yeah. with some tough, tough groups in, in in the past. They should absolutely cruise with this one, but Leon at home, first game. Probably the toughest test in the group.
3: Yeah, um, Leon away would be a tougher challenge, but at home, City should cruise this, really, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I can see him winning three or four nil.
2: Yeah, uh, obviously Leon as well. There, Moussa,
3: because, Moussa Dembele there. Um, yes, could make an impact. Obviously, we've well Fakir as well. I mean, we we could have been seeing him in the Liverpool shirt this season. Yeah, had his uh, medical gone according to plan, it didn't and um, I'd be really fascinated to see how he does yeah
2: um, be interesting to see if there's a Liverpool scout in there I mean I don't know how we're ever going to find out just just keeping another eye
3: for January because
4: yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, it'd be uh, interesting to, to see with that one uh, but Manchester City uh, you think convincing City
3: then? absolutely can't see beyond them yeah agreed 2-3 or three now
2: yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm with you on that one. I'm. I'm not. Not even going to throw curveball oh, in for once. Thank, <laughs> thankfully, he's finally agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so, some. I was to say some fascinating groups throughout throughout the uh, Europa League. Dortmund, Monaco, and Atletico Madrid are, are, are all in one group. Um, Champions we got? Yeah. Did I say Europa? You did. Yeah. Oh, I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I um, just wanted to clear that one up. Uh, I do apologise. Euro- Europa League. Um, not so interesting. Yeah, I was uh, I say, to say, definitely so, not interesting. Some of, the, some of them groups are, um, <laughs> are, are disappointing. Chelsea should cruise for their group yeah, in the yeah. Europa League. Arsenal should, should cruise that. But yeah, uh, say so elsewhere, uh, Benfica by Munich, Ajax. Some you know some great historical teams. Real Madrid, Roma, in the same group as well. I mean, it's just promises to be a, a fantastic competition. Um, so very much looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, before we finish, um, the big debate uh, uh, piece that we do on Mirror Football every Monday. Uh, This week, if you're interested, do go check it out because we are giving our Champions League predictions. Um, Give us a little spoiler, Matty. Who Uh, who have you gone uh, for
3: as as, as the winner and as the star player for the tournament? Well, I've said Barcelona. I do believe that they're looking fantastic in uh, Spain, playing some great football. They've improved over the summer um, and I think they're going to strengthen again in January. So with that said, my player to watch is Paul Pogba. (laughs) up <laughs> right? Who will potentially move? Who knows? To I'm not I mean, saying he the will. I'm that. Just saying he, that. Might, he might be to know. the Champions <laughs> League. I think um, you know. Look, we saw it with Coutinho last last January, and Barcelona have already been expressing their interest through various avenues, although not directly. So, yeah. read into that what you will. Um, I do think Popbury, regardless whether he stays at Manchester United, I think he will do. I think he's going to be a big player in this Champions League, and I think he'll. He'll really rise to the occasion, particularly against Juventus, his former club. So I am really looking forward to seeing Paul Pogba in action because he he seems to turn up to the big games, doesn't he? You know, so uh, well sometimes it didn't against Spurs few weeks ago but I mean in terms of European competition you'd be a really important player
2: yeah well I think the I think the the games against Juventus are the the back-to-back games in the middle so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, around there Uh, James uh, your winner your player to watch in the Champions League
4: I said Liverpool I I think it's about time an English team won the trophy again and if if I'm picking an English team to win it I'd I'd pick Liverpool that's not necessarily to say they're the best side in there I think Manchester City are probably a better team Uh, I think Barcelona are probably a better team as well but as I alluded to before Liverpool just Seem to turn it on when when they're playing in this competition and uh, in terms of um, the star player, I'd I'm love to use the word star. I'm going to say most important player. If Liverpool are going to win the Champions League, Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, it's a great shirt. Yeah. And I should add with
3: Pope by that if he does go to Barcelona, it'd be cup tied anyway.
2: Yeah, haven't they changed the yeah, rule I though? They have, Yeah, I think have. I, have. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, I think the rules well, changed this go. season.
3: Yeah. So. Uh, you I think can.
2: they can play in the group stage and the knockout stage Yeah, I think now clubs, separate yeah. competitions so, in inverted commas but I think Van Dyke's a great so chap,
3: really do I think he is really key to, yeah. to Liverpool's probably
4: coach. and on this note I think he is the world's best centre half currently
2: what Ooh, about you Flanners who are you going big for big shout um, I went Manchester City just because well, you uh, would do wouldn't you I, I yeah. did um, <laughs> just because I've um, had money on them to win the Champions League for the past two seasons they've let me down third, third time Luggy. lucky third <laughs> time lucky there we are uh, play to watch a name off the reasons I came out with earlier I feel like he's got a point to prove um, this year
3: uh they Dijk, best on the back in the world that's, that's a big big shout that. yeah I think he's just about better than Issa he's, he's up at this moment (laughs) Um, but you know I agree with that it's amazing
2: what one win for West Ham does to you (laughs) (laughs) Um, but guys thank you very much really appreciate it Uh, we'll be back later in this week to look back at all the Champions League uh, action look ahead to next uh, weekend's Premier League um, hopefully we'll be have loads of wins for the English teams or at least uh, some entertaining games to, to look back on uh, Liverpool-Piercy definitely the highlight on Tuesday very much looking forward bring to that bring
3: it on and you can follow it live on Mirror Football of course
2: you certainly can um, but yeah so guys thank you very much Pleasure. really appreciate Pleasure. it thank you. nice one uh, uh, if you don't already subscribe to this podcast uh, you can do on Acast on Spotify on iTunes wherever you get your podcast from uh, as I say we'll be back later this week so we'll see you then